Today I'm, I'm reminded of the uh, passage of Scripture that talks about the, uh, the people after, you know, we've been reading through the kings, they end up going into captivity. And we get to uh, then see the people return. There's a remnant come back. And I even reference the remnant in the Proclaimer if you've had a chance to look at it. And they come back and they rebuild the wall and they rebuild a temple there. And the people who, the older folks who had seen the old temple, they wept. Because it wasn't, it, and there's different interpretations, but I think they wept because it wasn't the same. They cried. And I think I know what they mean. I think I know how they've felt. As we come back to our worship, it's not the same to hear Richard's voice lead to singing, but he's not here. To have my glasses fogging up, to have my mouth sweating underneath this mask, uh, to hear people uh, struggle to lead uh, the prayers that are loud enough for everybody to hear, as I'm sure people at home are struggling today too. It's just not, it's not the same. But God's the same, and our hearts are the same. He is gracious, and he teaches us his ways, and he gives us, even in the greatest of difficulties, an opportunity to shine the light of Christ in our lives. So let us remember who our God is. I'd ask you to turn today to uh, 2 Kings. Last week we considered several kings in a row, and those kings, even the ones who did right in the sight of the of the Lord, they often did not. They didn't remove the high places. This king did right in the sight of the Lord, but he did not take away the high places. They were not taken away. And then we got to Hezekiah, and we were excited to see that uh, the high places. Well, Hezekiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he removed the high places from Israel. And so we thank God for Hezekiah and his example in doing what was right all the way and taking down anything that was setting itself up in the high place and trying to make itself equal with God, and we've got to remove those high places. Well, after Hezekiah comes a king, and these, this king is talked about in 2 Kings chapter 20 and into chapter 21, Manasseh. He did evil. 55 years of evil. His son Amon did evil, served for two years. 57 years of evil leadership. And then in 2 Kings chapter 22, there's a ray of hope when an eight-year-old named Josiah becomes king. An eight-year-old. And several years into... Uh, 18 years into him being king when he is 26 years old, still a young man. King Josiah commands that the house of the Lord be repaired. And that leads to a discovery in the house of the Lord. And that discovery is a book. The high priest says, I have found the book of the law. 
He shares that with a scribe named Shaphan. Shaphan takes the book of the law to King Josiah, this 26-year-old king, and he reads it to the king. And Josiah, at the reading of this, and probably I think of Deuteronomy chapter 28 with the blessings that are there, if you follow my commands, but then God in chapter 28 gives the curses, but if you don't obey, curse after curse after curse. And Josiah, when he hears the reading of that law, that book, he rips his cloak, he rends his garments, and he says, great is the wrath of the Lord that burns against us. Chapter 22, verse 13. Great is the wrath of the Lord that burns against us. Josiah doesn't like the way things are, and he wants to change things, and he wants a fresh start for his nation, for his people. And that's where we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then the king sent... And they gathered to him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord, all the men of Judah, with Are you still hearing? There we go. Is it all right? I was aware. I thought it sounded uh, bad for a second there. I'll hold it together. Bad connection. So the king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him. This is everybody. And the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he, and this is interesting to me, I, is Josiah actually taking the lead in reading all of this? It wouldn't have been no small task to read the entire book of the law. But I almost think maybe he was reading it. I think the possibility, and this was, if I had read this before, I would have been thinking he had it read. Somebody else read it for him, but he was the one who said, we've got to read this for everybody, and so somebody read it for him. But I almost think maybe Josiah was such a great leader, no, the people need to hear this from their leader. So he... The end of uh, verse number two here, it says, He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. How much of it did he read? How much of it was important? All of it. Every word of it. Verse number three is the main text for us today. 2 Kings 23, verse number 3. It says, The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all heart and with all soul to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand in the covenant. Now I read a literal translation, they took a stand in. They entered into it, but it's literally took a stand. And we see the king is the one who stands first. He stands at the pillar. 
some custom they had, probably the place of authority. And when I stand here, this is going to be the law. This is what's going to happen. The king took a stand, and then the people took a stand, and they are standing in a covenant with the Lord. Three things. To walk after the Lord. To keep His commandments. And it's not just to keep them, but to keep them. Every commandment, every statute, everything. With all His heart and with all His soul. Reminds us of the command to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and with all our mind, and with all our strength. With all our being. Devotion to Him. So to walk, to keep, and to carry out. That last command that he was, that was part of his commitment was to carry out the words of the book. He wasn't just going to give a testimony to him saying, I believe this, and, um, and then kind of go on his merry way. He was going to carry everything out. And we see then, as you read chapter 23, verses 4 and following, Josiah got to work, and he cleaned up the nation and made sure that he was following the covenant and everyone else was following that covenant. And as he made that covenant, then all the people entered into that covenant. All the people took a stand in that covenant. Covenants are important. When you make a covenant with God, it's forever. We don't follow the covenant of Moses. We are, we are not bound to that covenant anymore. We have a new and a greater covenant. When we gather around the table, when we partake of the, the bread and the cup, we are remembering the covenant, the new covenant in the blood of Christ. And we need to... Make sure that we are following that covenant, just like Josiah knew that he needed to follow the covenant that had been forgotten. To remember the covenant that we have, this new covenant that we have in Christ, I'd ask you to read with me Hebrews ten nineteen through 31. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 31, it's... A little bit lengthy of a passage, but please hear and listen to the words of the covenant that we've entered into, the covenant that we are bound to follow. And if we don't, the warning is there just like it was with the old covenant. People think of the, you know, God's a God of wrath in the old covenant, but he's a God of grace in the new covenant. And no, God was a God of grace in the old covenant and in the new covenant. And he's also a God of wrath in the old covenant and a God of wrath in the new covenant. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And listen to the covenant that we are called into. Those of us who have accepted Christ and been baptized into him and raised to a new life connected with him, this is our covenant. Hebrews ten nineteen. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, so this is the reference to uh, how it's, he's referencing here the new covenant. The new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. 
And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning willfully, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there, is no, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment. And the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much severe, how much severer punishment do you think he will he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has recorded as unclean the blood of the covenant? by which he was sanctified and has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And now in this context, I think he's speaking to a, to a people group of people who are believers, but yet they're gravitating back to the old covenant. They're gravitating back to, well, I sinned, I gotta, I gotta perform a sacrifice. And, and they're, they're, they're holding on to that old law. And if they do that, if they hold on to that old law, they're forsaking the new covenant. So they're, it, the, it's a very specific verse, it has a specific, uh, context, but I think as we open it up and we think about ourselves, we're under, the, under a covenant too, a covenant with Christ. And if we fail to keep that covenant, the same warnings ring true for us. Are we keeping our covenant of love with Christ Jesus who died for us? As we consider this new covenant that we have, as we think about the covenant we have with Christ, I think we can learn from what Josiah said. We can learn from the covenant that he made. He, was, he suddenly found himself in a place where, oh, I'm supposed to be under a covenant with God, but we're far from it. And he needed a fresh start. He needed to make a covenant with God that he had never made. And I would ask us to consider, each one of us, to think about our covenant with Christ that we have made. We're aware of it. It hasn't been completely forgotten, but perhaps some of us haven't been walking in it faithfully like we should. And we need to consider the things that Josiah said. Some questions I would ask. Number one, have we turned from walking after the Lord? And it applies to you, it applies to me. Have I turned in any way from walking 
after the Lord? Have we failed to hear all the words of the book of the covenant? And this is, apply it to us in Christ. Jesus spoke, he taught us, he left his apostles to teach us the way. Are we following every word? Are we following it at all? Have we listened to it all? Are we, do we have the truth in its entirety? Or have we failed to hear all the words? Are we studying? Are we searching? Are we digging in? Or are we just trusting somebody else who kind of makes us think, yeah, we're all right. You're doing things okay. And we're certainly better than the person down the street. Is that how we... We must search the truth. And we must hear all the words of the book of the covenant. Have we lacked commitment with all our hearts and with all our souls? The translators, the King James, they thought that was, um, uh, I think if you look there, it's a they. Uh, and, and it's like Josiah was speaking for all of them and all of our hearts and all of our, our souls. That's how we're going to serve God. Um, the newer translators say his heart. You know, so, so Josiah was, was saying, I'm going to serve with all my heart, with all my soul. But it works either way. It's a, it's a commitment. It's, it's our hearts. It's our heart together. It's all our soul. Are we serving like that? As an individual believer in Jesus, even if everybody goes astray, am I going to serve him with all my heart? And is my life bearing that out? Am I actually doing what he asked me to do? Have we lacked commitment? And number four, a fourth question. Have we not carried out the words of his covenant? Have we carried them out or have we not carried them out? Which one is it? We've got to consider these things. Josiah said... He made this covenant based upon all the words of the Lord. He says, I'm going to walk after the Lord. I'm going to keep his commandments, his testimonies, his statutes with all heart and with all soul. And I am going to carry out the words of this covenant that are written in this book. And Jesus, when he came, one of the first things he taught us is that he said, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, hear them and do them. He's like a man who build his house on the rock, like a wise man. Hear and do. Today is a day we're back here. It's a, it's a little unsettling in the heart, the conditions we're under, isn't it? But we're reminded it's not about all the externals. It's about what's in here. It's about what's going on up here. It's about when we leave here and we go throughout our day, what are we doing? How are we living? Are we filled up with the love of Christ in our, in our hearts? Do we have His Spirit within us that's guiding us and teaching us and helping us grow to become more like Him? Today is an opportunity to make a fresh start. It's, a, it's an opportunity today to renew your stand in the covenant because when you were immersed into Jesus, you came up out of there and you stood up and you were standing in a new covenant. You were standing in a new way of life. If you need to refresh that, renew that, do it. 
You must. Every day we must walk in him. Keep his commands. Carry out his words. If you're not a Christian, God wants to be in a covenant relationship with you. He wants you to give your life to Jesus. He wants you to be in this wonderful relationship with him. And Jesus came to, you might have life and have it to the full. You know the truth now. You know Jesus. If you need to know more about Jesus, you get a hold of me, get a hold of another member in the congregation. But you've heard of Jesus. You heard he's the giver of life. You need to seek after him. And now that you know a little bit about him, or maybe a lot about him, do not trample on him who died for you. Follow after him. Walk with him. Take a stand in a new covenant in your life. Believe and be baptized. If you need the prayers of the church, you're encouraged to come. If anybody needs to give your life to Christ, today is the day. Make a covenant with Jesus and live for him. If you need to respond, you're welcome to come here at the building. If you're at home, you need to call me later, please do it. But come as we stand together and sing.